right, you guys, before we get into today's episode of the pod, you guys have to subscribe because I'm looking at you and you are not subscribed to the channel yet. And also you have to hit the notification bell because you're not going to know when I post if you don't have notifications when I post. And then also share the video, you guys. So all your family, friends, anybody you may know can tune into this podcast. And then also like the video so I know you guys are liking these episodes. And also comment down below who you guys would like to see on this podcast. It could be anybody. Just let me know. And then also follow my social medias. I'm going to pop them on the screen so you guys can stay up to date with everything to do with this podcast. And then also check out the Spotify version as well. It's going to be in the description. So click that link if you want to listen to the Spotify version. And then also the take.sport.blog. I am a sports writer. So go ahead and check out those articles. If you guys do not click that link, you guys are going to be missing out on some of the best articles you'll ever read. So make sure to go click that link below. But let's go ahead and get into this pod, you guys. What's going on, guys? Welcome to yet another episode of The Take Podcast. I am your host, Jackson Burleson. Now, in today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking about my top 10 shooting guards of all time. This is a list that I've been kind of cooking up for a little bit. And I've wanted to share this with you guys. So let's go ahead and get this thing going. With number 10, Clay Thompson, one of the best shooters in NBA history. I think he is up there as one of the best catch and shoot players to ever play this game. First of all, the guy does not need the ball to score, which is a rare sight to see in today's game. He just needs to move around the ball doesn't need to really even take many dribbles. I mean, he scored one game where he had 60 points and only took four dribbles. I mean, that's so unheard of in today's game, especially now with iso ball and being such a big part of the game now. You just don't see that. And he scored 37 points in a quarter one time, which is actually absurd. I mean, Clay Thompson, he's such a quick release. I mean, he's able to get it off. His shot, you know, he, he, cut, he has it right here in the shooting pocket, ready to shoot at all times. Now, he can take it off the dribble. As he's came back from injury, he kind of has been dribbling a lot more, which, you know, I don't like to see that from Klay Thompson as much, but he's still a very good player. The only thing that he has lost from his injuries was he was a fantastic defender before he tore his ACL and Achilles, which really was one of his strong parts of his game because in the finals, Back in 2016, 2017, he was able to lock up Kyrie Irving and really make it a very difficult time for Kyrie Irving to score. I mean, Kyrie Irving still scored, but it just made it that much more harder for him to, you know, get his shots, get his looks that he did want. And Klay Thompson was one of the best on-ball defenders in the league before he got hurt. So his game has changed a lot more since he has come back from injury. But Klay Thompson, he's still a championship caliber shooting guard. He's got that winning mentality. He's big in clutch moments. I mean, you've looked at, he's called Game 6 Clay for a reason. He has some of the most clutch moments in NBA history. I mean, that Game 6, if he doesn't make 10 threes, which is a postseason record at the time, the Golden State Warriors lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder in that series. And he is a big reason why they won that series. And he also holds the most three-point shots made in a game at 14 which is unprecedented. He has a lot of shooting records. Him and Steph Curry are kind of back and forth on shooting records. But I got Klay Thompson at number 10 to start this list. So 
You guys can just imagine how many good players are above this guy. And at number nine, this is very interesting here. I got Ray Allen. Now, Ray Allen, he was the three-point shot king for a long time. He held the record for the most three-point shots made in NBA history for a very long time until Steph Curry broke it recently last year. But he didn't always start out as just a three-point shooter. You know, he was able to drive to the basket, you know, get some dunks in there. He was always taking it to the rim. That was always his game before he kind of changed his game over the years as he got older and became one of the best catch-and-shoot players of all time. And, you know, it's crazy to see, you know, Ray Allen. He was known as Jesus Shuttleworth. You've seen those movies. And then his game kind of evolved throughout his career to, you know, saving LeBron's legacy. Like, without Ray Allen, LeBron would not have won two rings in Miami. That's just a fact. Um, you know, he's one of the most clutch players in NBA history as well. I mean, just his ability to knock down three-point shots when they needed to happen is just honestly insane. And no, his shot was a little wonky. I mean, people thought, you know, his shot, he, you're not supposed to be swinging up like that. But it worked for him. It really did. And he did. He had some of the best footwork you will ever see from a shooter. I mean, he just literally had his footwork perfected to a T. And that is what made Ray Allen so great. He was so technically sound. He was so good at just being able to focus on him and not worry about anyone else around him and just shoot the basketball. Like, you look at that game winner he made, or that game-tying three he made in game six of the 2013 NBA Finals. Chris Bosh gets the rebound. He kicks it to him in the corner, and Ray Allen is backpedaling. And he somehow gets his feet magically behind the line perfectly. That is no accident, guys. That is just practice. He practiced that shot time in and time out. And that is why he was in position to get that three and to be able to knock it down because he practiced it. I mean, he just spent hours and hours in the gym. I mean, I've heard multiple stories of Ray Allen. Just, you know, he shoots like about 2,000 threes before he leaves the gym. That is insane. He would put up 2,000 shots like... That's what you got to do to be great. And that's what you got to do to be the three-point king for as long as he was. And I got Ray Allen at number nine on my list. Hall of Famer. Now, at number eight, I got George Gervin, the Iceman. Now, the Iceman, he is, you know, he's the founder of the finger roll. I mean, he really just came up with, you know, always going up to the basket. Most of the time, he's doing the finger roll. He could just jam it. But he just did the finger roll. He could do it from any angle i mean he could do it with his left hand he could do it with his right hand he could do it on his inside he could do it on his outside hand i mean he could just do it with any angle any angle he's doing a finger roll and it was honestly impressive to see because his arms were so long that like he could get it over any defenders like watching george griffin play is like watching dr j but just with a little more finesse i would say um you know because he would do the little kind of swing he would cup the ball go under the basket and kind of just put it up. I mean, that's special. I mean, no guys really do that in today's game either. You don't really you don't really see that kind of play style now. I mean, the finger roll is obviously still a part of today's game, but I mean, he, it's, it just seemed like George Gervin would always do that time and time again. That was his go-to shot. I mean, his layup package was like no other back in the day. Like layup packages exist because of George Gervin. Like he could, he literally double clutch midair, 
like do switch hands midair before Jordan was even doing that. I mean, he was the master at the finger roll and the master at finesse around the rim. And that is what made George Gervin so great. And he is one of the greatest Spurs of all time. And I got him at number eight, the Iceman, at number eight on my list. And at number seven, another great three-point shooter, Reggie Miller. Before Ray Allen, Reggie Miller was considered the greatest three-point shooter in NBA history. He is the greatest pacer ever. That is first, like, it's not even close. Like, no player is even close to him in Indiana Pacer history. He was just so clutch. Like, the thing is, like, he would do whatever it took to get his shot at the end of the game. Like, he just had a knack for winning. Like, I just, the thing is, like, you just look at him in, like, the Knicks game where he scored nine points in eight seconds. Like, he doesn't care who's in front of him. He's scoring no matter what. He's getting the steal no matter what. Now, this is one guy on this list that I really wanted to, like, I really hope he had a championship because... Imagine if he brought the Indiana Pacers a championship. They have never won a championship in franchise history. They came so close so many times. Like, he really tested Kobe and that Lakers team in 2000 when they were in the finals. That was a tough series for the Pacers, and especially the Lakers. That was a tough series. But Reggie Miller took it to that team, and he carried them all the way there. I mean, they literally had nobody else around him. Like, they had Mark Jackson, a couple other good players, but... You know, no insane co-star right along his side like Shaquille O'Neal or anything like that. So I think that is one reason why Reggie Miller didn't win. But, you know, he was the three-point game before Rayon was and before Steph Curry. He set the foundation foundation for shooters today to be the greatest shooters of all time. Like Reggie Miller created the stop-and-pop three-pointer. Like in transition, he was the first guy to stop-and-pop pull up and transition three. You didn't see guys in the nineties really doing that besides Reggie Miller. Like Reggie Miller was just a different dude. Like he was just doing stuff that wasn't really a thing back then as a three point shooter. Like you just didn't see that. And I got him at number seven on my list. Just an absolute fantastic player. And at number six, I got Clyde Drexler. Now Clyde Drexler is an interesting player because he's another guy that, you know, doesn't have any rings. Um, you know, Jordan's a big part of this list of a lot of these guys not having any rings. But, you know, he had a good mid-range game. Uh, he was very athletic. He was known for his athleticism. Um, he just had those freakishly long arms. He was a great defender. He was always in the passing lanes getting breakaway steals. He was very good on the fast break. I mean, he was just insanely good in transition. Um, he was just so long and so fast. You just couldn't really, you know, get to him in time to block his dunks or anything like that. I mean, he was the founder of the rim grazing dunk. I mean, he just made that a national phenomenon in the league. And, you know, he's just a great overall scorer. I mean, he could do a lot of different things with the ball. I mean, he had a, he wasn't afraid to dunk it in your face either. I mean, he just literally would do that all the time. I mean, honestly, like before Jordan became Jordan, Clyde Drexler was the Michael Jordan before he came in and stepped in. That's kind of Drexler. When that NBA finals between the Blazers and Bulls happened, Clyde Drexler and Michael Jordan were being compared, which Michael Jordan took offense to that. But honestly, like if you look back then, comparing Jordan to Drexler at that time for those NBA finals was pretty accurate, in my opinion, just because, you know, Jordan, he only won one ring at that point. And 
Drexler was looking for his first ring. So imagine if Drexler wins that ring. I mean, you could be talking about Drexler and Jordan in a very different way. But since Drexler does have no rings, this is why he is a little bit lower on this list, even though he is still one of the greatest shooting guards of all time. But I have him at number six on this list. And at number five, I got Allen Iverson. Now, Allen Iverson, he is one of the greatest isolation players of all time. I think he is the greatest isolation player of all time. He has the best ball handling I've ever seen, except Kyrie Irving. Um, and then he just had insane athleticism for a guy who was that small. I mean, he was six foot playing two guard. I mean, he could just score in a many different fashions. I mean, he had the fadeaway jumper. He could take it to the basket. He had a lot of finesse. But his ball handling allowed him to create a lot of space off the dribble. I mean, he was so good at creating his own space and just doing the things that no other player was really doing back then. I mean, he crossed up Jordan for crying out loud. And he was a decent defender at the guard position. I mean, he could get in those passing lanes. He could really make things difficult for an opposing guard. And, you know, Allen Iverson, he's another guy that does not have a ring on this list. I mean, there's a lot of guys that don't have rings because of just certain circumstances. Like, they have certain players to deal with. And, you know, Iverson didn't really have a lot of help in his career. I mean, at the end of the career, you could argue that Allen Iverson should have a ring as a Denver Nugget with Carmelo Anthony. But Carmelo Anthony and Allen Iverson are both isolation players. They need the ball to be effective, and it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. And Allen Iverson, you know, he's a top five player on this list, but he could easily be higher in this list if he had a if he had a championship ring. But I got Allen Iverson at number five on this list. And at number four. I got James Harden. Now, James Harden, he's the master of the step back, the master of the Euro step. Prime James Harden, guys, he was a different beast. Like, you can just say, in 2017, when the Warriors had Kevin Durant, they almost beat them in the conference finals that season. They were so close. They lost them in seven games. I guarantee you guys, James Harden would be in the NBA Finals that 2017 year if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. I guarantee it. Like, James Harden was so good. He averaged 36 points per game that season. Prime James Harden, when he was on the Rockets, was just so different. He was so good at getting to the free throw line. He was really good at drawing contact. You know, the step-back jumper was just unreal. His ability to create space off the dribble was unmatched. No player in NBA history is as good at creating space off the dribble as he is. I will just say that right now. Like, And he was an elite passer, triple-double machine, still is an elite passer. I mean, right now, when he's on the Philadelphia 76ers, he isn't able to score the ball as an elite clip as he used to be because, number one, he's playing with the Joel Embiid. But number two, he's just a little bit older. He's not as fast. He's got a little more weight to him. But he still is an elite passer. And he's a very good rebounding guard as well. He's a triple-double machine. So... James Harden, he is number four on this list. He is the fourth best shooting guard of all time, James Harden is. And at number three, we got Dwayne Wade, the best Miami Heat player of all time. The jersey is right behind me. Dwayne Wade is my favorite player in NBA history. I just, he will never, no one will ever replace Dwayne Wade as my favorite player of all time. I mean, I honestly miss Dwayne Wade on the Heat. I really do. He was just so good. He was known as Flash for a reason. He had elite speed. He was 6'4", but he literally was amazing athletic-wise. I mean, he would just go up. He's had some of the nastiest posters 
any NBA player has ever had. You just look at some of his dunks in his NBA career. You're just like, how is he even dunking on these guys? Like he is six foot four. And the things he had to go through before coming into the NBA, Marquette, he had one division one offer and it was Marquette. That was it. Tom Crean was the only coach that believed in him before he came to the NBA. And he before he was drafted, there were so many questions and marks about, you know, Dwayne Wade's ball handling ability, him not being able to shoot. Like Dwayne Wade still couldn't really shoot, but that didn't really affect him because he was able to go to the basket. And he had the Dwayne Wade had the best pump fake of all time. He got guys jumping up in the air and he would always lean into him and draw the foul. Like that was one thing that he was so great at was the pump fake. There is no player in NBA history that has a better pump fake than Dwayne Wade. And he won three championships in Miami as a Heat. I mean, I just, I miss Dwayne Wade so much. And like, he's often compared to like, you know, a lot of different guys. Like, like, like I I just, he's Jordan without the six rings. Like he did think he's a six foot version of Jordan. Like he can make fadeaway jumpers. He could do a lot of different things that he like he made the impossible look easy. Like that is the thing that Dwayne Wade did. And he was so clutch. Like imagine if like he won a ring before LeBron came to Miami. Like that's how good Dwayne Wade was. Like he was so quick. Like he just get by any defender. He was very good at splitting defenders, good in the pick and roll. Like I just I really miss Dwayne Wade, guys. And I got him at number three on my list. And at number two, I got Kobe Bryant. Now, Kobe Bryant, RIP, RIP Mamba, but he was Jordan, literally Jordan, just minus one ring. Now, the difference between Kobe and Jordan is Kobe, he, you know, I I would say he was a little bit of a better scorer than Jordan. He just did things that I mean his their games are pretty much copy and paste but he was just always clutch always wanting to take the last shot he would never pass it he would never pass it to a Steve Kerr Kobe Bryant never did that like Kobe Bryant was just the most competitive guy you will ever see like he just had that mentality like people thought he was a ball hog and this and that he was not a ball hog he did not trust his teammates sometimes which is why He would always take the last shot regardless if he's double teamed or not. Like Kobe Bryant will always go down as one of the greatest players in NBA history. And he was a tough shot maker. I mean, he just make the tough shots. Like he was another guy also that was relentless on defense. I mean, he just always wanted to guard the best player on the floor regardless of how old he was. Like he is 36 years old guarding LeBron James, who is the greatest player on the planet. I just... No player who's that old would really go up and take those tests. And, you know, Kobe was a different guy. He'd just do that time and time again. And he went out with a win regardless. And his last game is a great example and pretty much summarizes his entire career because he scored 60 points in his last NBA game and won the game. And the Lakers were trash that season. They were not a good team at all. They were terrible. And for Kobe to go out like that is just honestly so legendary. And there would be no player like Kobe Bryant. Nobody. No player in NBA history will have the mentality he had. And he just, 
he's just so, he was this such a skilled scorer. I mean, people say, oh, he has the most NBA misses in history. Well, at least he was willing to take those shots. Like, no player is willing to take those shots besides Kobe. Like, he just, he didn't care the result. Like, he knows that he was in the gym practicing the same move. Like, he is one guy that would be in the gym for two, three hours practicing the same move. That's it. One move for two hours. He's the only guy that will ever do that. Like, you just don't see a competitive fire out of any NBA player besides Jordan than Kobe Bryant. And Kobe Bryant, when he was, you know, number 24 versus number 8, there's competitive... That's, Two different players then, in my opinion. You know, when Kobe Bryant, he was number eight. He was more athletic, kind of driving to the basket, just way more aggressive at the rim. But then when he was 24, you know, he was doing those fadeaways. The mid-range was a big part of his game, the three-point shot. Just more shooting, more outside the paint. Just that's kind of, you know, for his ability to, you know, almost be two different players and, you know, have two different Hall of Fame careers and, Two different numbers. That's just honestly incredible. No NBA player has ever done that. And I got Kobe Bryant at number two on my list. And then obviously you guys know who I have at number one on my list. The greatest player to ever step on the basketball court. Michael Jordan. Now Michael Jordan, I believe that he would have eight rings if he didn't retire twice. And I think he would be the all-time leading scorer in NBA history if he did not retire twice as well. Because he went and played baseball, and then he took a break, came back after he was done with the Bulls. Like, if he just played his entire NBA career all the way through, I believe he would be the all-time leading scorer. And imagine Jordan in this era. He would average 50 points per game in this era. I firmly believe that. Like, his game translates to any era. And I know Jordan doesn't like to call himself the greatest player of all time, because he's a very respectful dude. I mean, he respects all the guys that became before him, like Jerry West, Dr. J, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, all these players that came before him. He respects them so much that he won't say he's the greatest player of all time. And, you know, LeBron will say he's the greatest player of all time, but Jordan will never say it. And he lets the people say it, which is why he is the greatest ever, because he doesn't actually think that. That wasn't his goal. The goal was to just win as many games as he possibly could for Jordan. That was his goal. Like, And he is the foundation for all of these NBA players that exist today. Without Jordan, the game would be so much different than it is now. Like, no, like there would be no great players like LeBron or Steph Curry without Michael Jordan. I'm sorry. And, you know, I think he had the greatest mid-range game of all time. And when he came into the league, he was doing things that no NBA player was doing back then, like all the dunking, you know, cupping it. And he beat so many great legends. I mean, his first NBA championship was against Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he beat John Stockton and Karl Malone, one of the greatest duos in NBA history. And his second best player was Scottie Pippen. Michael Jordan single-handedly made Scottie Pippen a Hall of Famer. Scottie Pippen is not a Hall of Famer without Michael Jordan. That is the just simple reality of it. And Michael Jordan will forever go down as the greatest player in NBA history. No one even comes close. Nobody. I don't care about LeBron. Michael Jordan is the greatest player ever. And he tops off this top 10 shooting guards list 
Let me know what you guys think of this list in the comments. I want to hear what you guys think. Um, who would you kind of change? Who would you have, you know, not in this top 10 that I didn't have in? Who would you put in? But um, also, I wanted to let you guys know. So I was going to do a Zoom call with like my one year pod anniversary, but that is going and it was scheduled for February 13th. But that is going to be rescheduled and postponed because I had something come up for that day. So I'm not able to do it anymore. So just letting you guys know, I will be putting out a new date at some point. Um, it'll probably be, I'm not sure exactly what it'll be. It'll be in February. I'm for sure of that. It just may be a little bit after the one year date. But um, honestly, like for anyone listening, like for me, this podcast started as you know, just me being able to share my sports opinions in a different manner. Cause I started to take, cause I wanted to write and I wanted to, you know, share my opinions, just being able to write. And, you know, for me to have a podcast and still be able to go with it, it's honestly pretty like incredible for me. Cause like a year ago, I did not see myself sitting here and just doing a podcast like this. I really didn't. Um, you know, listing 10 greatest shooting guards of all time and people actually caring to listen to that. I really never thought I would be in this position. And, you know, if anyone's out there that, you know, wants a dream and, you know, wants to accomplish something, just go ahead and do it. I mean, there's no one else stopping you besides yourself, to be honest. And I just strive on staying consistent. A lot of people tell me that. I try to stay consistent, and if there's anybody you guys want on this podcast or anything you want me to talk about on this podcast, just go ahead and just let me know in the comments. Like, I want to make this podcast for you guys, and I want to share your opinions on what you guys think and what kind of takes uh, I'm going to be bringing to the table. Just bring up anything do with, with sports. I mean, I just I'm pretty open to talking about anything if, as long as it's sports, but. Um, this is going to go ahead and do it for today's episode of the take podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell on Spotify and YouTube and share this with your friends, but this is going to go ahead and do it. I'm, I'm your host, Jackson Burleson. Take care.